Doctor. I'm a Time Lord. I'm from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Casterberus. I hope the ears are a bit less conspicuous this time. You might be a Doctor, but I am... I'm a doctor, but probably not the one who looks good. Absolutely fantastic. All of time and space, everything that ever happened. Hello everybody and welcome back to Begone Inside, the new Who Doctor Who Watched On podcast. It's 2021, Harry. Are you excited? Uh... (laughs) No? I'm taking it one day at a time. (laughs) Yeah, so welcome back, everybody. It's 2021. Slight change to how we're going to do these. Um, if you listen to Series 1, you will know that we would normally just go straight into any, you know, we just go straight into whatever the watch-along was. But this week, sorry, this series, we're changing up a bit. We're still doing the watch-along. That'll come in at around half hour. But for the first half an hour, we're just going to go over any news that's happened during the week, usually Doctor Who news, obviously. Um, and what better way to kick off then with the New Year's Day special resolution... Of the Daleks, is that right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> By uh, Chris Chibnall. Yes, this is our got... first. Um, this is our first Chibnall era episode that we're kind of talking about reviewing in any depth, isn't it? Kind of... Yeah, yeah. I sort of started making notes. I watched it again this morning, and I started making a few notes. But I had to be really careful not to write every single opinion I had down, just mm. because by the time we then get to it in a few seasons' time, well in 10 seasons time nearabouts um we'd have nothing to talk yeah. about so um we've got some other bits of news coming up but most people will be here will be wanting to hear our opinions on revolution of the daleks so should we get straight into that absolutely yeah um i just also want to apologize if you can hear some echoing um from me i do apologize i will try and edit it out best i can but i've um come back to uni especially to record this episode and i haven't brought anything with me so i'm currently sat in an empty um, room with a duvet and a mattress behind me. So apologies if it's not that good. Anyway, so Revolution of Daleks, a long time ago, far, far away. A nice Star Wars reference, considering that this year we've had almost no new Star Wars, apart from The Mandalorian. Yeah, which I have not watched. <laughs> I started to rewatch it, and because I told you, I said, like, I'm going to rewatch it, and then about uh, two hours later, you text me and you said, how far into it are you? And I went, well, I've just woken up, and it's episode three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We 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 get we're gonna annoy enough people with our Doctor Who opinions. Let's not annoy Star Wars fans as well. Um, so it picks up where Resolution of the Daleks left off. Um, what? Okay, let's just go straight into it. What did you think, Harry? I thought it was a very fun episode. It was actually a bit better than I was expecting it to be. It wasn't perfect by any means. There were a couple things about it which I thought could have been better but overall you know can't really fault it is a strong solid very fun episode of doctor who which i was happy to watch on new year's day yeah i found it to be fun yeah i thought i re- i enjoyed it i think it's one of the best chibnall era episodes of doctor who there's been that that mm, said it wasn't, people say that. yeah it was that said it wasn't the best episode of doctor but it also wasn't the worst i think i, I posted a review on my blog and i basically just said it's an episode of Doctor Who, and an episode of Doctor Who tends to be better than most good episodes of other television programs. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I kind of, yeah, it's like pretty much the kind of thing I'd hope for tuning into an episode of Doctor Who. Um, you know, I think we're going through, you know, we're about to go into a series two, and a lot of those episodes are kind of a similar thing where it's, you know, it's a, there aren't any loads of standouts 
as far as I'm concerned, but it's all solid, fun TV. Yeah, so we may as well. I felt that way about resolution. Revolution. We should talk about Captain Jack um, and his involvement in the episode. It was great to see so much of him so early on. Mm, Yeah, like part of me was worried that from the kind of trailers and adverts for this episode, it kind of insinuated that Jack and the fam would be separated from the Doctor for most of the episode. But no, quite early on, Jack and the Doctor meet in space prison and break out together. And then he's just part of the group for the rest of the episode, which I think, you know, it's good. It gets straight to the point. It gives people exactly what they're hoping to see in this mm. story. I like the way they broke the Doctor out of prison as well. They didn't hang around with it. It's like nobody wants to really see the Doctor separated. They want to see everybody together. So let's just get her out of here as quickly as we can. That said... Having said, there were some fun throwbacks in Space Prison. There was, yeah, we should talk about that. I just wanted to say that Jack spent 19 years in that prison trying to get the Doctor out. 19 years. Is that how long they were in there together? Yeah, he mentions, he says, I've been trying to get you out for 19 years. (laughs) Crikey. That's ridiculous. Anyway, yeah, there's some great throwbacks. We see the silence, the Sycorax, a weeping angel... An ood, a cyberman, and a pi- the little pigment thing, whatever it's called. Oh, is it not? Is it called the Pating, the little guy, or is that a different alien? Um, no, I think you're, you are. You've probably named it correct <laughs> compared to me. Like be like Stitch, be like Stitch, that guy. Yeah, him. Yes, um, I yeah. really, I liked it because I think when we said when we talked about the trailer, as I said, that would be a really good chance to just throw in a few good fun villains. And I think probably did mention a Cigarax as well. I feel like we've had that conversation. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that was good fun. Breaking the Doctor out of jail, that was great. Was there anything that didn't land so well for you? Um, Is it in that initial bit? No, just throughout, throughout the episode. Uh, there's some bits later, but it's less of a kind of not landing and more just kind of a... I know it's kind of a weird structural thing, but yeah. I kind of noticed about this episode compared to kind of older episodes that we're going through currently. What, what was that? Um, just that it is a peculiar one. Um, it's kind of this is the only you know quote unquote gripe I have with this episode, which is that um, when you look at say something like the RTD era, which we're going through, normally mm. um, you know. Russell had a great way of kind of balancing both kind of the characters progressing the plot and action going on, whilst also at the same time having great back and forth between the characters, the Mm. Doctor and their companion. Yeah. Whereas with this episode, it felt like you'd have like a scene where action is happening and plot's progressing and a scene where characters talk about themselves and have heart-to-hearts. You didn't really see that happening at the same time, which I thought was strange. They were kind of separated off in that way both yeah, of them you know individually were fine just weird that they were so set apart yeah i saw someone online said um I, I, most of the reviews i've seen have been really positive and people really liked this episode mm. but maybe one criticism that i've seen reoccurring is the fact that it did just seem to be now this happens now we're doing this now we're doing this there didn't really seem to be a an organic flow yeah and i don't know if that's a pacing issue or an editing issue or what but it does feel especially in the beginning it felt like a it took a little while to get going yeah because i like i said i rewatched it this morning and i was like oh i've got to sit through all this lorry driver thing of this random lorry driver getting taken away 
they didn't what they could have really done is just opened it with the lorry driver in his lorry and then he gets poisoned and then it's revealed to us that in the back of that van in the back of the lorry was the Dalek from um, Resolution mm. so we didn't really need yeah, no, a whole build up I don't mind the show actually being slower and taking its time, but it's just that um, with this episode, it felt like that, that time was spent establishing things rather mm. than exploring them. Yeah. Like it felt like they could have kind of got to the point sooner and then spent time to kind of explore it. Yeah. That's that- just me, though. I still like the episode, and I still think it worked. That's just kind of a thing I picked up on whilst watching. And the inclusion of Jack Robin, Jack Robertson, Robinson. Is that the American guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the American Mike Ashley, as he's referred to in the show. <laughs> yeah, I liked him. I really liked him in this episode. I thought he was actually a lot better in this episode than he was in uh, his uh, debut episode. Yeah, um, in the UK. Um, I really liked him here, and I liked how he was used. I thought he was kind of a fun, kind of antagonist inclusion to the TARDIS team for this adventure. Yeah. I liked he's, him. He's, he's more Trump in this episode than he was when we last saw him, I feel. He was also a bit kind of Elon Musky in a he sense. He was, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. There's I got sc- that vibe from him a lot. There's a scene where, where he enters the TARDIS and he's trying to work out and like even like the way he stood with his hands very close to him like this, sort of like moving around. It was almost like he was doing an impression of Alec Baldwin doing his Trump impression on SNL. I I get the vibe. I get the yeah. vibe that you're talking about. Do you think, because um, the way the episode ends, kind of he's in that interview and that he's asked about re-entering the presidential race, do you think in series 13 we could potentially see him as the president? I quite like that. I know, I know when it was sort of rumoured he might be in this, a lot of people were like, Oh, what they're bringing him back for is a rubbish character and a rubbish episode. I personally really like Arachnids in the UK. It was one of my favourites of the last series. I think he's a really good character, and it's good to have bringing new villains that can sort of be reoccurring for that incarnation of the Doctor. Mm-hmm. I know I've mentioned that I would like to see Tim Shaw appear as maybe just one episode of series, or even just the odd cameo. You know, the guy with all the teeth yeah. in his face. Just throughout Jodie's run, it's almost like Tennant had the Ood. But I would like it that off-screen there is this character development of um, Jack. Um, not Yeah, yeah, it's Jack, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. have two Jacks. Yeah. See the evolution of him off-screen, and then now and again we just join him in this new, new environment. Mm. Um, Therese Mays in this episode <laughs> yeah and she gets killed by Daleks she does she does um, do, you think that, do you think that was meant to be a Theresa May insert oh definitely I mean she doesn't particularly look exactly like Theresa May but like the clothes she wears and the very bold colours it was almost like for anybody, and all they're talking about stability and security yeah and like in the UK the UK press whenever Theresa May would go anywhere it was always, this is what she's wearing, and we're going to linger on her shoes. And this, um, I think she was called Joe, um, the Prime Minister in this episode, was that everything she wore was very bold, and you almost noticed her clothes before you noticed her. Yeah. Um, there's never a mention of Harriet Jones whenever there's a new Prime Minister. Nobody ever mentions Harriet Jones at all. Mm, I t- 
So I'm sure there's an episode with Capaldi, I'm sure, where he mentions Harriet Jones. I think you might be right. I think that's the, that's the only time that she's been mentioned since the end of the Russell run. Yeah. And it's strange because especially, you'd think, especially with Jack here, that it would be kind of an ample time to mention Harriet Jones. Jack mm. maybe make a throwaway comment about being, you know, we used to have better prime ministers. Yeah. Um, we do get a reference to a throwback to Russell T. Davis era with Rose. She gets a nice little mm. mention. I put a thing out on Twitter beforehand saying what the people, what are people's predictions? And I think I put that Jack would reference 10 and Rose, or at least 10 and or Rose. Um, yeah. And I like the fact that the the companion's reaction is who what like the doctor now is sort of past the rose she doesn't really mention her as much as tenant did and smith did yeah that's interesting that's interesting do you think that's kind of a thing that the doctor was deliberately just not acknowledging rose um just because of how much that kind of still hurts for her in a way i don't know um, i don't think so i think maybe rose to the doctor now is like what Tegan was to the Doctor or Perry or Ace. It was just yeah. a companion that was so long ago. I know for us it's only yeah. been like nine years, but yeah. for the Doctor, we know that she's been in that prison cell for a minimum of 19 years because she, that's how long Jack had been in there for. Um, so yeah, I think it's now sort of past that. It doesn't really have an effect on her as much. Obviously, it's probably... It's still- like I actually... Because I did actually get one particular scene, um, the scene with um, between Jack and uh, Yaz, where they're talking about the Doctor and the relationship mm. with her and how she kind of can sometimes leave you and she make the most of the time you have with her. I got a real kind of school reunion vibes from that. Yeah, yeah, you're uh, right there, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, and kind of the whole thing of this past companion re-entering the life and kind of saying, you know, being with the Doctor, it's hard. It's not all it's cracked up to be. Yeah. It's interesting that that's something that they're starting to kind of bring up. I think... Okay, so there's two... Jack and Yaz had a really good chemistry in this episode. They worked really well. Um, I really like the scene where they get attacked by the face-hugging Daleks and they're mm-hmm. trying to pull them off each other and Jack has to shoot one off Yaz's back. I thought that was great. The other thing that we should probably talk about is the post. Is there were, it was rumored beforehand, and it's very slightly alluded to throughout the episode. Is that does Yaz have a romantic interest in the Doctor, or is that, it just a very very strong friendship? Is it because she definitely has a real kind of connection obsession to her with yeah. her? You kind of get the vibe that that is the biggest part of her life now. Whereas you kind of see, um, even before they announced they're re- leaving, you kind of get the vibe from Ryan and Graham, Ryan especially, that kind of they have a life and they've returned to a life outside of the Doctor. Yeah, but Yaz um, hasn't. She's just carried on. Yeah, but she, she even says at the end, I'm not ready to, you know, I don't think it's that I'm not ready to let go just yet, but I'm not ready to leave yet. Yeah, like she still wants this really badly. A question of whether or not it's uh, romantic in any sense is still quite ambiguous. Mm. Um, I get the vibe that kind of the thirteenth Doctor is asexual. Yeah. She doesn't really, she hasn't really expressed any kind of romantic feelings, even when kind of Jack was flirting with her. She didn't really reciprocate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I'm just getting my laptop charged. Sorry, I'm still here. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, you're right. It's sort of... Uh, yeah, I think it's cool. I don't have a problem with it. I know there's going to be some people on the internet who very much will have a problem with this. Um, I don't have a problem with it at all. I think it's cool if that is the direction they're going in. It's just a question of if Yas does have romantic feelings for the Doctor, are those going to be reciprocated? Yes. And is that going to... Because that could bring up an interesting dynamic. Because usually, I mean, it would be a bit of a Martha Doctor thing, wouldn't it? Yeah. Kind of one of them having this real strong feelings and the other one just not even registering them. That would maybe be quite interesting then to swap it around and have that. Mm. Because I feel like Martha and Yaz are very similar companions. I saw an interview with Mandip where she said one of her favourite companions was Martha. That's interesting. That That is interesting. That is interesting. I've yeah. never really thought of that parallel before. No, but it's it's there though, isn't it? Mm. Now, now that you bring it up, and especially seeing how Yaz was in this episode, that starts to make sense. Yeah. Um, Just interesting how far are they going to push that. Mm. Um, the uh, the TARDIS landing in Graham's, in Graham's house, that was amazing. Yeah, that was great. It was great because you get a reaction of all three characters and even the actual effect of it landing was great because mm. for, for the characters, it's been 10 months and for us, it's been round about 10 months as well since we actually got yeah. new Doctor Who. So I, I think I feel like it for for fans anyway, you really felt what they were feeling seeing the TARDIS take off and land again. Absolutely, yeah. Especially since we had no idea if we'd how soon we'd be seeing that going into this episode. We didn't yeah. know if we'd have to wait like for half of the adventure before seeing that. Because when we spoke to Dominic Martin, um we sort of all agreed that we thought round about halfway through was when the Doctor was going to be introduced to Jack. And that mm-hmm. scene where Jack says, oh, I've missed that sound, would be around 45 minutes into this hour and 15-minute episode. Did he say that in this episode? Yeah, he or does. Yeah, he that? does say it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if I was something just for the trailer. Yeah. I really like the scene where Jack steps out of the TARDIS and he says to Graham, hello, you silver fox. He's still, even though Graham isn't the doctor, he still thinks there's a chance with Graham. And Graham's reaction of, mm, yep, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Uh, I mean, Graham, probably yeah. of, of this fam, Graham's probably my favorite yeah. of them. Just because of the way that he kind of has these kind of grounded reactions to things, that everything is still a bit, you know, larger than life, and he's still not quite used to that. Yeah. Um, I've got a load of notes here about the PM, should have been the PM from the beginning, who she, Tory, whatever. I've got things here about the Doctor quoting J.K. Rowling again for the second time. Um, oh, yeah. I thought that was great. Um, yeah, it's fancy. The Doctor, we've covered that. The sound mixing at some points, I found it hard to hear some of the dialogue that was being said. One moment that really stood out to me with that was when we're seeing the Dalek drone being tested in front of the Prime Minister and there's Leo the Prime Minister and Jack on the bridge and they're watching what's okay. going on and I was, I was sort of really struggling to hear what Leo was saying because the sound was just so roaring over the top of that that said though it's a That's very interesting. it's very cinematic this episode mm-hmm. 
No, it looks great. I mean, I think I can be said for this era as a whole, but this episode especially, especially towards the end when the stakes started rising mm-hmm. and there were the two Dalek factions and they're all flying around. No, it was really great. Really very, it felt very um, almost Star Wars-y in mm-hmm. kind of the scale that they were going to. There's a really good scene that I liked where the, where the Doctor tricks the Daleks into coming onto the TARDIS. And there's a, it's just this shot of the TARDIS on one side, just surrounded by swirling Daleks. It just looks That's amazing. such a good shot. Yeah. It looks great, yeah. Um, That's the kind of thing where you, get, you make that like a wallpaper or something. It's, it's my, it's, it's my cover photo on Twitter now. <laughs> is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a good shot. It is. We should probably talk about it. The departure of Ryan and Graham, I think, yeah. was done really, really well. Especially I know it wasn't... I know that this wasn't what you were expecting. You were expecting Ryan to die trying to save Graham's life and then Graham would leave after that. This is a very different departure to what you expected. How did you I know you sort of thought that maybe Graham would leave due to like his maybe his cancer was gonna come back or something along those lines. But they both, you know, Ryan's just had enough of it. He wants to go on and do his own thing. And Graham seems like he was happy to stay in the TARDIS, but because Ryan's leaving, he would rather watch Ryan grow up and develop. Because Ryan's only meant to be nineteen, which doesn't work. Yeah. Um, do you think? Do you think Tozen looks too old? He looks about twenty-seven. That's 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 uh that's what Caston's like, I guess. I don't know. How old is Top Tosin? Tosin. I don't know he's in his twenties, right? I don't think he's is he yeah. that old. He's twenty-eight. I. Oh, okay. Well, pretty bang on. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think they handled it really well. I like it throughout the episode. You can sort of see Ryan's like just sort of becoming more and more frustrated with the Doctor's adventures, and yeah. even right up to the end where Graham's like, "Well, oh, best best go and see the Doc," and he just sort of stands up and walks off. And Ryan's like, oh, "I'd rather not." Yeah, I do. Part of me wishes that there'd maybe been a scene or two, maybe showing the life he has outside of the TARDIS. Maybe something with him and his mates, yeah. just to kind of show why he feels like. He, you know, just to drive it home. Even without that, I think that it really worked though. And you kind of could really feel his resistance, especially throughout this adventure, kind of that sense of, I'm kind of over it now. This isn't for me. Yeah, because he mentions that his dad's back and that he's um, they're sort of building a relationship. He doesn't mention that he's got a job, which is weird. He's been hanging around for 10 months. Um, <laughs> hey, it's really hard to find a job nowadays. <laughs> But yeah, but no, I thought it was all really well done and those characters got a good send-off. I don't think it's the last we will see of them. Um, it seems no, to be a tradition like a with New Who. It, yeah, it seems to be a tradition with New Who that in the very last episode of whatever that Doctor is, that their very first companions return. Rose returned mm-hmm. for Tennant. Um, Amy returned for Smith. Clara returned for Capaldi. So it would only make sense that um, Ryan, Yaz and Graham all return for yeah. um, Jodie's last episode, whenever that is not sure yet um, How did you think about um, Jodie giving them um, both psychic paper so they can go off and have their own adventures It's fine, uh, isn't it? It's, you know, big finish I love it <laughs> and that, That's exactly what I was thinking, like, oh okay they're going to get a big finish series <laughs> As you were watching it? Yeah, as I was watching it I was, yes. when they were talking about going off places around Earth, they're like, oh okay Big Finish. I'm surprised Big Finish haven't done something with Jake and Mickey on Parallel Earth. You know, when they went off in that big in the blue van. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. They've never I'd, done anything. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so Revolution of Dalek, I really, Revolution of Daleks, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good fun. One of the best um, Whitaker era. And she's brilliant in it throughout. We didn't really sing her praises enough, but she's... No, Jodie's really great. Kind of, I was watching this and I kind of realised, because I know some people have still been umming and ahhing about it, but watching this episode, I was just like, yeah, she's the Doctor. Like, yeah. she works as a Doctor. I mean, I, I already, by this point, liked Jodie as the Doctor. I was on yeah. board. And yeah, I, I thought she was great. Yeah. Um, so, Doctor Who, it will be returning. It's going to be returning in 2021. We're still on news, by the way. We haven't actually got to the watch along. It's a long episode. We're sorry. Um, the BBC announced that it's going to, it will be returning. They didn't say when. They just said later in 2021. Um, kind of an MCU type thing. Yeah. I will return. Yeah, I'm thinking October time, around about Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm, imagine. Similar to Series 11. Yeah, because I'm not. I'm not sure if they're if we're even going to get a, a seasonal special for the next season. Is because they've restricted it down to eight episodes, um, which makes me think well, maybe we won't get one. Or if they are, they will space it so that the final episode of series thirteen leads just, into it. Yeah, yeah, just so happens to fall around the Christmas holidays. That could very potentially happen. Um, I'm happy with that. I mean. Ideally, I would like 13 episodes in a special, but given the situation, I think we should be happy that we're getting anything at all. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Uh, talking of getting new things, um, after the episode, they showed a little teaser for Series 13. Uh, no Doctor, no Yaz, just a man just cleverly covering up the branding on a Coca-Cola can whilst reading out... Just an ordinary lad from Liverpool. <laughs> holding, a co- uh, holding a Coca-Cola can, reading out someone's horoscope for some reason. And uh, it's revealed that John Bishop, the Liverpool comedian and actor, will be joining the Doctor and Yaz in Series 13 as the character of Dan. Yes. Do we know what anything about Dan? Who, I know, do we know nothing about Dan. I wrote a thing about it. I sent you it. Um, basically, with just some quotes from Chibnall and Bishop saying how John. Yeah, yeah saying how excited they were that they, he was coming on board and that he's loved Doctor Who about you know the standard stuff that you would say. Um I know some people were a bit mixed on it. I think it's good. I think it's on the same level as when Catherine Tate joined. I'm into who minds. Yeah, kind of it does bring that. And also I think kind of the main concern it brings up is is this just gonna be Graham 2.0? Is he just gonna come in and fill the role that Graham was filling. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to get a little cynical here. Um, <laughs> part of me worries that this is almost a studio mandated thing, that the BBC didn't have confidence in a TARDIS team, which did not involve an older white man. Mm. Yeah. Part of I- me wonders that because it seems... A- because you know, I was all for you know a TARDIS team that was the Doctor and Yaz, two women like going off. That'd be the first TARDIS team we'd got that'd be like that, and I that'd be cool. But would it be BBC or someone higher up? Like I don't know, I don't know. Is maybe people will people for some stupid reason wouldn't be for that? I don't know. For some stupid reason, the fans would not identify themselves with an alien. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, um, My understanding I'm, is that Brad, not Bradley, whilst John Bishop will be the new companion for Series 13 with Yaz and the Doctor, but he will not be appearing in the very first episode. Okay, so we'll have 
an episode or two with where it is just the Doctor and Yaz. I think we're going to have two episodes where it's just the Doctor and Yaz, and in that second or third episode, they meet Bishop. Because the slight spoilers, I guess, um, the episode that Bishop will be appearing in is a Sontaran episode. How do we know that? And the set photos that leaked, and also there's a video on it on this very YouTube channel. Oh, and was John Bishop there? <laughs> yeah, he was on set, yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. I see. I see. Okay, I'm a little more open to it now. I think yeah. it all, for me, it mainly depends on kind of what kind of character Dan is, how he fits into the story, and what he contributes to the team. Yeah. I feel like maybe it's just going to end up on the TARDIS by accident. <laughs> From those like very, very small clips we got, it seems like he's just bewildered and confused and just getting trapped all in danger all the time. <laughs> as long as he's not just obviously trying to fill some kind of Graham-shaped void and he brings something new to the yeah. team, I think I'm all for it. Yeah. Um, cool. So I've got some more news as well outside oh, of the actual really? main show. Um, David Tennant and John Bishop will be reuniting for the Doctor and Jack in some big finished Torchwood adventures. You mean John Barrowman? John Barrowman. <laughs> for some Torchwood adventures, John Barrowman and David Tennant playing the Tenth Doctor and Jack will be back in some big finished audio adventures. That was announced very coincidentally at 8 p.m. on the 1st of January. <laughs> Are those yet more new David Tennant big finish adventures? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> top of the ones which we already knew about yeah shall I try and find out how much David Tennant is doing a Big Finish yeah story? how many how many David Tennant Big Finish stories are coming out there's a lot um, there's a lot their tweet said it said something like Jack's back and he's with the Doctor but not the one you were expecting and I was like but it ah. was the one we were expecting it was the one because... I'm always expecting <laughs> I mean, Tenon is my favourite Doctor, but, like, you know, I really like chocolate cake, but I don't want it every day. Yeah. David Tenon is my chocolate cake. That's oh. a very strange quote out of context. That's what I call him on the phone when we talk. I think you should just post that online. It's just a preview for this uh, episode. <laughs> just you saying, David Tenon is my chocolate cake. Nothing else. Okay, so... This is just on the Big Finish website. I'm just trying to load it. It's running a bit slow because they released something today and it crashed the website as far as I'm aware. Okay, so this year we've had Doctor Who Out of Time 1, which was Ten and Tom Baker. And then, oh, this website is appalling. And then there's the 10th Doctor Dalek Universe series. Um, Dalek, Uni- Dalek Universe 1, Dalek Universe 2, Dalek Universe 3. Um, Out of Time 2 which is coming next these, these are all to come Out of Time 2 with Peter Davison um, I think there's a third Out of Time yeah Out of Time 3 with Colin Baker and the 10th Doctor Classic Companions where he the 10th Doctor meets some classic companions including Louisa Jameson as Leela so yeah there's a lot hmm a lot of tenants. It seems to get to a point where David Tennant has done more big finish than he did episodes as the Doctor. Yeah, I feel like that's okay up to an, a point where the actor is clearly no longer able to play that, that character on telly, but while they still can, just you'd rather see him. Yeah, yeah, just limit it a little bit. But well, he'll be in the sixtieth. He, he will be, won't he? he will <laughs> I mean, there's, the there's no point guessing. Will he? Won't he? Yeah, he will. Yeah. 
He will. He will. David Tennant will be. Matt Smith will be. Capaldi yeah. maybe. Eccleston no. I feel like Tennant and Smith are the two definites, and Capaldi is most likely because he loves the show. Yeah, but we know what Christopher Eccleston will be because he was asked live on telly if he would be interested in returning to the television series, and he says, "When all freezes over." over. <laughs> Very blunt, straight to the point. I, he's clearly, and I love Eccleston. I mean, he's an amazing actor. I just so wish he'd fucking lighten up about Doctor Who for once. I know he's got his issues with it, man. But it was 15 years ago. We love him as that role. Just smile for once. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you know, he's, he's, I feel like he's probably got other TV work coming along that he's more excited about with Doctor Who and if he'd rather do that then I can't fault him you know but I mean he's doing this big finish stuff and obviously I don't know Eccleston obviously um, but I get the impression like he's... You know David Tennant. <laughs> I get the impression that he's doing this big finish work mainly because the money's right and it's COVID if this had been approached to him two years in the future or two years in the past he probably would have said no I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see how that big finish stuff comes out. I know this isn't new news, but I am quite interested to hear his performance in it because mm. I feel like we'll be able to tell a lot about how he feels about this big finish from the performance he puts in. Like, yeah. if it's just him reading the lines, then we'll kind of get the sense that, okay, he's doing this because it was right time, right place. Yeah. But if he's really, you know, putting the work in, um, then you know maybe he's a bit more into it, or maybe he'll put the work in anyway because he's a good actor and that's the job that's expected from him. Yeah. Um, one thing we forgot to touch on when we talk about Revolution of the Daleks was that Torchwood could possibly be getting a revival. Yes, um, there was a mention of. Did he? Did Jack mention someone from Torchwood? Yeah, he mentions Gwen. This, uh, he's episode. gone back to meet Gwen, um, played by Eva Miles, who now has the character Gwen now has a son. Um, so. Yeah, perhaps we might be seeing some more Torchwood. I know Big Finish have been doing lots of Torchwood, which has actually been really good. I've been listening to some of it. It's, I mean, uh... what, what if this happened? What if this happened? Uh, stick with me. This is very pie in the sky. What if uh, Doctor Who, the main show, after Jodie's run, got a new showrunner, then Chibnall brought back Torchwood? What That'd if that happened? That would be good. Yeah, I'd be up for that. Yeah. I feel like well, Chibnall wrote a lot of good Torchwood episodes. He was yeah. almost practically... He clearly knows... He was the talk show runner, yeah. yeah. And he clearly knows how to write for Jack. He's probably written for the character of Captain Jack more than anyone else. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be up for that. Mm. I think we, we will see Jack again with Jodie. You think so? Definitely. I think, think whatever so? Jodie's last couple of episodes will be, we will get almost like we got with Tennant, where we had Sarah Jane, Mickey, Martha, Donna, where everybody came back. I think yeah. we'll get that with Jodie. Yeah, I feel like especially because kind of because Jack kind of fit into this episode so naturally, it kind of and because that felt like such a natural fit, I feel like it's just kind of obvious that they're going to do it again. They didn't treat it like this special one-off thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm almost done on news. Back from the fact that Doctor Who left Netflix UK um, oh. at the start of 2020, so now I'm having to watch everything on BBC iPlayer. Hooray! You have to join um, me. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that's yeah. it. Do you have any more, anything else we haven't talked about before we throw ourselves into the watch long? Um, not really. Um, I'm feeling positive about the future of Doctor Who. I'm looking forward to uh, 
seeing and hearing stuff about Series 13, whenever that may be, and however that may be. We've already got some videos on the channel about Series 13, about Sontara yeah. and Weeping Angels. Whoa, spooky. And that's, they're, they're doing numbers. They're doing good numbers, because I put yeah. those red circles in the thumbnail. <laughs> Are you going to put a red circle around John Bishop's face for this thumbnail? Uh, John Bishop isn't in the thumbnail. Oh, isn't he? No. I might have to just like, stick him in the corner there. Like I did with David Tennant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if I started a rumour that David Tennant might be returning. I'm not sure if I started a rumour. How did you start a rumour? Well, in that video, I mentioned that Tennant, uh, the 10th Doctor and the 13th Doctor met in comic when the 13th Doctor went to battle the Weeping Angels. And yes, yes. And they meet. Yeah. And I just casually mentioned it in the video. Maybe it'd be cool to see them come back. And then, like, like two, a couple of days after when this video started getting views, like, it started popping up. Would you like to see David Tennant return? Would you like to see... And then it was like, he's rumoured to be returning for the Christmas, the, the New Year's special. And I was like, it's all... Sick. I, but I hadn't seen anyone mention it before I'd mentioned it. I was like, oh. If, if David Tennant was to return in a New Year's special, they would have advertised it very, very loudly. Yes. Like, that's not something they're going to hide. Like, it's not like Captain Jack's surprise cameo in Fugitive of Jadoon. If mm. David Tennant's coming back, they're going to want people to know about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go head back to Twitter and spread some more rumours whilst everybody here listens to the watch along. Yes, people, please stick on for that. I feel, like we, I feel like we need something to say to throw it into the watch along. Like, because there's a load of jingles now that people have got to listen to. Um so, new year, new me, new earth. Speaking of new earth, <laughs> how, how was that? That'll do, that'll do. I'll cut this bit out as well, so this bit, this will be seamless. Shut up, shut up, shut the video pop up. This is a command from the Daleks. All listeners are demanded to subscribe to our Patreon. Subscribe or you will be exterminated. Seek. Locate, subscribe. What's the point in having you all? Oh, this is exciting, isn't it, Harry? We're about to do New Earth. Yep, the start of Series 2, the uh, kind of proper hitting the ground running with David Tennant. Uh, Russell C. Davis doing the uh, first episode of the series. All very exciting. All quite... I mean, it's kind of... This episode feels really like kind of... On almost kind of quintessential David Tennant Doctor Who episode. Yeah. Like... Uh, go on, go on. It's fine. Right, I didn't have anything to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like... I don't think it's my favourite episode by any means. I'd never like rank it in a top ten or a top five. But if I was to just like think of a typical episode of Doctor Who, like in what my mind is Doctor Who, um, this is probably one of the first examples that would jump to mind. Yeah. And I think part of the reason for that is probably because this is uh, the first episode of Doctor Who I ever saw. Ah, oh, we've made it. This is the first one. <laughs> yeah, this is the first one. Um, I started watching with David Tennant, Series 2, New Earth. <laughs> Wow. See, this isn't my first one. We haven't got to mine yet. Oh, so, you uh, didn't start 
Did no. you start in this series? I'm not telling oh, okay, you. I'll okay. tell you when I started watching. What if I never we watched it? <laughs> I never watched <laughs> it. I, I, every week I just call and host this, and I just blag my way through it by watching this and Confidential, and just make it sound like I know what I'm on about. Imagine. Um, I, I watching this episode, I was comparing it a lot to Rose. So I was sort of thinking, okay, the first series opener, they're going to be bringing in new audiences who maybe didn't watch series one, but were aware of it um, and are sort of joined on the bandwagon. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I sort of thought it didn't really do much to reintroduce the characters. I didn't feel to new audiences. It sort of just instantly hit the ground running. This is what this show is. Yeah. That's strange, because to me, I thought of it less as, as a rose. If anything, I'd say the tenant's equivalent to rose was Christmas Invasion. And this, yeah. to me, is kind of almost end of the world part two. It's kind of a direct continuation of that story uh, with mm. um, those ideas and some of the characters. To me, that was what I compared it to. Yeah, because we have the return of the face of both, the return of Cassandra, the return of the little um, spider cameras, um, little things... Is anyone else yeah. returned from that episode? I believe that's it. Obviously, Rose is still I there. I think that's it, yeah. So, I've yeah. also introduced to some kind of, some kind of staples from uh, this era. Uh, the, like, cat people, they appear uh, multiple times throughout Ten's run. Uh, yeah. This is the first time we hear um, the Tenth Doctor say, I'm sorry, I'm so, so sorry. Oh, is it? When does he say that? Can I take a guess? Is it uh, when he, gets- he puts the people back in their... Uh, he puts, like, the diseased people back in their pod. Yeah, he opens up the pod. He's like, "I'm sorry. I'm so so sorry." Yeah. And he closes it. <laughs> yeah, Do you think no. he knew at the time of recording that 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 was going to be like a catchphrase for him? I don't think so. And I also don't think it was really a catchphrase when he was doing it. I almost feel like it's something that's been picked up afterwards. Yeah, almost as a meme of itself. Like he always says this, but it was never really maybe intended. Yeah, I mean, the Tempest Doctor has a lot of catchphrases now. He does. He does. Um, he has... Sorry, go on, go on. Well, no, obviously he has, I'm sorry. Um, and, of course, we don't get until the end of this series, the whole Lonzi. Um, yeah. And I don't know why, but I kind of associate shouting the name of the companion as a quite a Tenth Doctor thing, you know. The... Yeah, it is a bit, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's it is. It's quite fun of this accent, you know, like, Martha, yeah. Donna. It's... Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the episode starts with um, obviously we get the reintroduce of Mickey and Jackie for that very brief um, scene, but then so this must be a pickup straight. This must be set days, if not the day after a Christmas invasion, because mm-hmm. he's still with he's still living with them. This is her first adventure with the tenth Doctor. Having said, it looks like all the snow is kind of uh, dried up. Yeah, like maybe for Rose- Christmas. I mean, maybe, maybe Rose like was like, "Hey, I'll stay for a few months. I'll stay until um, like March or April, and then I'll take off again." Yeah, because you wouldn't. I can't imagine the ninth Doctor doing that, just hanging around, because he didn't. He never hung around with Rose's family. So maybe it's something that the tenth Doctor yeah. would do. Yeah, maybe the tenth Doctor like went off for a bit, or maybe he literally just like went to his TARDIS and like fast forwarded because he had nothing better to do. Yeah, just... <laughs> yeah. Pete, there's some big finished audio stories there, isn't there? What the tenth Doctor yeah, did while yeah. Rose celebrated Christmas. 
Mm. Uh, what are your thoughts on the CGI the fact the episode opens oh, with? Uh, there, there's something I wanted to say about the opening. Oh, yeah, go for uh, it, yeah. Um, I just, the one bit that always sticks out to me and that I just... Oh, I, I, there's a lot to unpack. Is that, first of all, like, Rose says goodbye to her mum and she's like, bye, I love you, I'll be safe. And then she, like, kisses Mickey goodbye. Mickey says, I love you, and Rose says, bye. Does she? I never noticed that. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Rose is like, oh, she playing, she playing. Like she kisses Mickey like on the lips. Mickey says he loves her, and she's just like, bye. Like, <laughs> like what are you doing, Rose? What are you doing? Stop <laughs> stringing him along like that. I did not notice that. Um, one line that one. That's a funny thing. Whilst That's we're talking, always out to me. <laughs> Whilst we're talking about that scene, there's a bit in that bit where they go inside the TARDIS and Rose says, "Where are we going?" and he says, "Further than we've ever gone before." But there's something about the the, the words of "further than we've ever gone before" that don't seem right. They seem like they've been added in in post because they're suddenly much louder than any anything else that's being said. Hmm. Maybe they just like kind of edited the volume on a tenor. Yeah. Anyway, so the CGI when they land on New New Earth and they're looking at the hospital, there's all these flying cars going above them. What did you think of that compared to the CG we got in um, Rose and the End of the World? Um, I mean, I guess it was the same standard. Maybe I think because it was like an outdoor space compared to like the indoor space that it was with um, the End of the World. I mm. think it was a bit easier to tell with kind of a screen screen location. Yeah, I think like the quality of the CGI itself was pretty much the same. Oh, I really? I found it. That, uh, I found it to be a little bit better. I found it to be not as jarring, it. but maybe that's because I've seen this series and this episode a fair amount of times that I've kind of can't see an issue with it because I've always known it like that. I want to know what apple grass tastes like. Imagine apples. Yeah, but like, oh, it must be really yummy, you know, just some little grass bits just on it, taste of apple. <laughs> I thought this was one of the first times we see the psychic paper, but Eccleston uses it once or twice, does he? I know he uses it in um, the Empty Child episode. He uses it around then. He used it, I think, first in End of the World. Um, oh, he does. But I think this he? is yeah. the first time that this is the first time someone sends the Doctor a message on the paper, which is something. I didn't realize could be done, and I guess I was the face of Bo who did that, which I guess yeah. is his tele- telepathy. So I'm the face of Bo or novice Hame, isn't it? It's one of them, but I, I always think it's the face of Bo. Mm. When you're watching I mean, this, you're looking at the face of Bo. Are you thinking that's Captain Jack Harkness? Well, I am now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, spoiler alert for anyone who's watching the series for the first time along with us. Um, I don't know why you do that because we do spoilers all the time, <laughs> yeah. um, but. The face of Bo is Jack Harkness, probably. Yeah. It's never definitively confirmed, but it's basically confirmed. Yeah, yeah. I always watch it now and I'm like, oh, it's Jack. That's, look, there he is. I'd quite like to see the return of the face of Bo with the Doctor now knowing that it's Jack. Uh, the thing is, the thing with that is that if that happened, the face of Bo wouldn't be allowed to know that they're meeting the doctor because the face of Bo kind of says, I'll meet you three times. Uh, he does, doesn't he? That's true. I always really like the face of Bo. He's always a character that I, even though he only appears three times and his third time he dies, um, 
I always really liked him. I really liked the look of the character and the idea of it. I just thought it was really appealing as a kid, just this giant head on wheels in a big water tank. I mean, is this something I said in, uh, when doing uh, The End of the World? I still kind of stick by this, that I believe I firmly believe that the only reason they reused the face of Bo was that they had this really cool prop, like animatronic thing, and you're like, yeah. you can't just use this for an episode. No, I yeah. really believe that's why they kept bringing him back. Yeah, no, he's, he's a really good-looking prop. I remember having the, 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 the toy as a kid and just being like, it's so cool. Like, the mouth moved on it, and even the design of the toy was just amazing to look at. So, yeah. I was about to ask that, like, what can you... The face of Bo doesn't really lend itself to a toy very well. There's not much you can <laughs> do with it. He's on wheels, and he moves around, and he has a little grip thing on the top where he can make his mouth open and close, but that's about it. It's not very, like, kind of action-y, is it? No, it wasn't. It was more of a... A collector thing, I think. Then, an action. Did you have a lot of Doctor Who toys? And I still do. I haven't sold any of them. I've sold as I've got grown up. I've sort of sold some Lego stuff and some Batman stuff. But I've kept on to all like my Doctor Who stuff. I still got like all the voice changer helmets and stuff like that. <laughs> I actually remember um, before I even watched Doctor Who the show i remember seeing like adverts on it must have been like citv or something adverts for doctor who toys they were sick uh, those like, adverts, yeah yeah like the 10th doctor rose we got cybermen daleks slavine cigarettes yeah. and they all and, like, like fly cy- in like that with like some kid's hand and yeah like, yeah like the action figures would be like that and then sort of like, <laughs> yeah yeah they were great and so like even i think like that probably helped me a great deal going into the show because it meant all these like weird creatures weren't completely alien. Like I had a basic understanding of okay, like Cassandra and the Cybermen and the Daleks are like bad guys, and yeah. so I knew that much going into series two. Yeah. So I was quite accepting of this returning villain without questioning it. Yeah, I think I, I'm trying to think what the first Doctor Who toy I might have had was. I know I had, I would have had the Doctor, and it, it was the tenth Doctor in his pin suit. Um, not He didn't have the jacket. I know you could get one with the jacket and you could get one with the glasses, with the with his normal glasses. But I just had one in the normal suit. And did he come with a canine? I don't... No, he didn't. He didn't come with a canine. He just came on his own. But I remember having it and playing with... Yeah. I remember the, there being like... Yeah. And I remember playing with him and his hand came off. But luckily, it was the same hand that came off in the Christmas invasion. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's good. And then I also remember getting my hands on, like, I think the next thing I got was two Daleks, but they were remote controlled. And you could fire, oh, like, cool. um, fire like lasers at each other and, like, shoot each other out. So that was good. There were so many Doctor Who toys and merchandise and stuff when we were kids. You don't get anything like, what... now. I mean, I guess like you, you still get like toy sonic screwdrivers. You get those, but other than that, you don't. And like the collectors, like action figures, which are varying. Like some of them look good, and some of them look like Rose. Yeah, yeah that it's... Rose action figure. It came with like Eccleston and. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the same action figure that came out for series one. I remember like. The series two rose is the is the one you get in this one in the purple shirt, but the series one one is that one where she's in that weird sort of like, in like the fighting stance, yeah. yeah, in like the pink hoodie, yeah, no, yeah, that was, it was that not was a good mold. 
Yeah. Anyway. Uh, get... me my brother, Sorry, go on, go on, go on. We had... Me and my brother, we didn't have any like, action figures, but we had two sets of uh, top trumps, mm. Doctor Who top trumps. And like one of them was quite standard. I think it was a Series 3 top trumps. So there was a bunch of monsters and stuff from Series 3. But the first one, I guess it was technically a Series 2 top trumps because it had Tenant's Doctor. But it must have been made before Series 2 came out because, like, all the monsters, literally all the monsters were from Series 1. Really? I'm just yeah. looking now at the top trumps. I know I had one. I'm trying to remember what series it was. <gasps> there. Is that the one I had? Oh, this is bringing out so many memories. <laughs> the one I had, I think, was just a picture of David Tennant on the front of it. I don't think it... I think it was more of an era than a... Uh, a series. Do you remember the Top Trumps yeah. DS Doctor Who game you could get, where it was like the only Doctor Who video game, and you just played Top Trumps against yourself? For real? <laughs> yeah. I mean, wasn't there, whatever, wasn't there? I remember like Matt Smith had a few Doctor Who video games. Too. Yeah, but this is when Ten was the Doctor. There was like nothing. There was no video games or anything apart from this one oh, yeah, DS Top Trumps. Nothing. Yeah, I mean, must have been like quite a few. Remember, you had like a Wii game, maybe a couple of games. I think you had an Xbox 360 game where it was like a 2D puzzle side scroller where you played as him and River Song. Um, going back to the episode, touched on it a little oh, bit yeah. when we talked about the action figures. There is Rose sort of has a different sort of style this series, doesn't she? It's much more. I don't want to wear. I'm going to use the word sexy. It's more of a. It is more of a sexy look, isn't it? It's more of a... The shirt doesn't really fit. It's very clingy. It's very small. Whereas before, in Series 1, she's wearing a lot of baggy London, early 2000s sort of chavvy clothes. Yeah. I feel like kind of it's... Part of the whole thing that the Tenant era, compared to Eccleston, like, series, seems to lean a lot more into almost... It's easing its way back to that more kind of campy sci-fi thing. And part mm. of that is that the style of how the female characters are dressed is kind of a bit more... They can go a bit bold with that, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, they definitely do, but I also feel it's juxtaposed by the actual character. Even though she dresses in this way, the character is actually really a strong character. No, yeah, I mean, I feel like... I think the sexuality of Rose's depiction, if that's how you want to describe it, in this episode, it's probably accentuated by the fact that for a lot of it, she's um, being controlled by Cassandra, who is, compared to Rose, quite a, um, you know, um, quite vain when it comes to appearance. And so she kind of flaunted um, Rose's stuff more, a whole lot more than Rose would by herself. Yeah, no, definitely. I feel like a lot of six and seven-year-olds, like how old I was when I first watched this episode... That was probably their first celebrity crush. I was going, oh, well, Billy Piper. <laughs> Rose Tyler's quite I nice. When I, was, when I was six, I think it just completely brushed over my head. I was <laughs> at the point where I was going to um, yeah. What was I going to say? There's a scene where Rose is talking to Cassandra, and the way she's talking to him is very doctory. She's sort of saying, you blew up, you died, you're not human. She's sort of doing the whole not human thing again. But the way she does it is much more confident than what we saw in the Christmas Invasion where she's trying to stand off against the Sycorax. Well, I guess it's because that this is Cassandra's a foe she's faced before. And mm. you know, she had a bit of a spat with her in um, Vin for World, so yeah. she's all raring to go. Yeah. 
I mean, she even like picks up like a poker. Oh yeah, she does actually like some lead piping or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Obviously, Cassandra isn't alone. She's got her little weirder friend Chip. What Chip did she say like he's a clone or something? Or that he's he's like, got a half life, hasn't he? Which means he doesn't live as long. So I think he is a clone. But then she sort of said she came up with the pattern on his face herself. So I, I couldn't say. I'm not sure. Yeah. Because I, mean, I he... guess like there's a the possibility go on. Go on. that she I guess there's a the possibility that she modelled him off obviously the mem at the end of the episode, Cassandra's embodying Chip and she tells Cassandra of a past that she's beautiful and that's the last time she was ever told she was beautiful. So maybe it's a thing that Cassandra Powell like off that memory. Yeah. No, yeah, you're probably right there. Um because in the end of the world she does she has two mannequins, doesn't she? But they don't speak. Are they like robots? I'm not sure what they are. They're just like two guys with big moisturizing guns, aren't they? You just spray her now and again, but she, they never actually... They don't speak throughout the episode. Mm, yeah. Um, what else do we have here? Um, Chip's a bit weird. One thing that I did notice is the cats are wearing face masks, the Doctor and Rose get sprayed by disinfectant, and the whole hospital goes into quarantine. It seems very... Mm. <laughs> I was watching, I was like, oh, I don't like these key words. <laughs> yeah. When they were, I think the moment where it went like... The hospital under quarantine. I was like, mm, how far into the future do these guys really travel? <laughs> or how long is this going to last? <laughs> God. No, don't say that. Uh, um, I, I can't bear to think of what we're going through currently lasting that long. No, for those who, nobody will know this, but uh, I'm currently in isolation. I have to isolate for 10 days in my little student flat. I can't go outside for 10 days. This has been day one. I come out in next Thursdays when I come out. So, uh, yes, yeah, so fortunately, by the time this releases, Tim will be free again. But oh, as I of prob- now, he- <laughs> he's going to have gone back in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can't rule out. I mean, you know, it can happen. Like Johnson, Boris Johnson, our prime minister, as a writing, he, he's had COVID and yet he's isolating right now um i did have to do a test today though we'll go off topic a little bit i had to do one of those covid tests where they uh the swab test yeah well my understanding was when i've seen it um it's like a drive-through and you drive up in your car you roll the window down and someone puts a swab in the back of your throat and sticks it up your nose and puts it in the bag you drive off but this one was so close i didn't have to drive it was like a two-minute walk from where i where i currently live in so I just walked over and they put you in like a, almost like a tent, like a festival tent. And then you walk in and there's just like white sheets, you know, in um, Age of Steel and Rise of the Cybermen where they where like, oh no, in, in Doomsday where you have Freema Adjuman's yes. character and she's like Very looking cool. for all the plastic sheets. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was like that. And all of a sudden she like opens this curtain and there's two chairs and she's like, and a mirror and she has me this bag and she says, if you just want to sit there, read through the instructions, swab yourself, and I'll be back in five minutes. I was like, so I had to do it myself. Wow. I mean, I guess it's to avoid contact. Yeah, but it's one of those things, though, where it's like, on the picture, it shows you how far up your nose to put the thing. But you can't see up your nose. 
So you can only just go to what feels right and then as much as you dare then go. <laughs> and like swab it around for 10 seconds. You have to like move it and I have to keep taking out because I kept sneezing. Oh, crikey. Yeah. So, uh, what... so when are you going to find out the result for that? Um, two days ideally. If I don't hear anything after five, I suppose, I'm supposed to get in touch. But I will probably get in. If you're, if you're clear, just allowed to go free? Or... No, I have to, still have to stay. Oh. Because because um, the person who got COVID has now been taken out the flat and put into another flat with other people who have tested positive for COVID. But I guess because symptoms can take so long to appear that we have to. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I know um, that every. I know other people in the flat have had the test as well today. So I don't know. It's quite weird where it's like, well, if the test comes back and there's, it does, I don't have it, then what do I do? Hmm. I don't really have to stay inside, but I should be, so I have to play it by ear. Anyway, Doctor Who. (laughs) Uh, The character of Novice Haim, let's talk about her. She might not seem that important, but she does return in Series 3, and we had the the passing of Novice Haim over lockdown as well. Did you catch a glimpse of that? What was that? Well, you know, over lockdown, the Doctor Who channel did a few uh, lockdown specials of things. A few watch alongs. Oh, okay. They did one with Novice Hale. I can't remember which episode it was now. And um, Russell wrote this thing about the passing of Novice Hale and her death, which had the oh, actress okay. come back and narrate like this. They're, they're almost like audio stories. And it's like her like, uh, right. talking about her last days and how the doctor came back and saw her and all this. It's quite sweet. So, yeah. I quite like the character because at the very end, she sort of knows she's been involved in something that was wrong, but it wasn't, she didn't approve of it almost. And she sort of gives the doctor that look as she's being taken away by the NYPD. But it's not the NYPD, is it? It's like the NYPD. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) And she sort of gives the doctor that look as as to say, stop judging me. Um, What what do you think of his name? Same. Uh, just to clarify, she's like the main cat nurse lady. Yeah, who looks after the face of Bo, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, she's cool. I can't remember when she comes back. All the... <laughs> Honestly. Um, where is it she comes back? She comes back with when the face of Bo dies in Gridlock. Oh, of course, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's cool. She's cool. I mean, it's... Uh... I just have a lot of appreciation for, like, the makeup on yeah. her. Like, it's probably the most convincing when it comes to, like, seeing, like, cat people, people as cats. I mean, I think the fact they were able to achieve this in, um, like, 2006, and it's, like, infinitely miles more, like, convincing than what big Hollywood can do in, like, 2019. See, um, actually, I did it cross my mind. What species? Uh, their species is called cat kind. C A T K I N D. So is it like because they talk about how there are a lot of evolved uh, humans, like of evolutions of the human race? Are they one of those, or are yeah, they so, different someone, species? Someone fucked a cat, didn't they? Someone had sex with a cat. That's that's what happened. Because you don't just go there, like, you don't just they, get a cat human hybrid without something weird going down. I mean, unless it was like just some kind of like experiment scientific test tube thing maybe i don't know uh, i'm trying to give russell some kind of like you know <laughs> give him benefit of doubt here 
I like Russell. Um, <laughs> the face. So, you know, sorry, go. On. There are a couple of lines of dialogue, like ways that kind of dialogue exchanges are like written and like cut between, where Russell is really pushing the boundaries of what he can say. Yeah, in, like yeah, there's, there's a, a bit where there's a bit early on where like Cassandra's looking at Rose and she like um, says like I'm something about that little, and then it cuts to Rose saying to the tenth Doctor, "Bit rich." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then there's another scene as well, isn't there, where Cassandra's saying to Rose that she's now talking at the skin she's using is on the back of her yeah. body. And Rose says, oh, so you're talking out of your... And then Cassandra says, don't ask or ask, something like that. Ask no more. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Yeah, so you can definitely tell he had fun with this. Um, no, this is an episode that really is very, very fun. Like, you can kind of tell that, like, if you just look at, like, Tennant and Billy, like, they are having just the most fun on set, mm. you know? Yeah, especially when you're watching Confidential, like, there's that... They do a lot of the scene where um, they're going up and down the elevate, elevator shaft on the oh, yeah. on the wire, and they just seem to be having so much fun during that. Mm. What did you think to the face of Bo? He reveals that he's going to tell the Doctor his secret. Now, we won't go into what the actual secret is, because that's quite far ahead. Um, I don't know if I generally thought about it that much as a kid when I watched this episode, what that secret was going to be. Mm. I mean, it's interesting that um, Russell was kind of planting that seed like a, over a whole series before answering it. It makes you wonder, is that just like kind of when Russell wrote that, did he have the plan, like the mm. whole plan to the end of series three, like panned out in his head? Or Maybe. is it just kind of something where he's like, I'm going to return to this. I don't know what it's going to be or how, but I'm going to use this. I mean, Russell's like the top... I know, like, I, I've often been thinking, like, oh, who would be super cool to get on the podcast? And obviously, Chris and David and Matt, Peter and Jody and everyone. But more than that, I'd really, really love to, like, have Russell on, Phil Collinson, the producer, Julie Gardner, the executive producer, because they've got all the behind-the-scenes stories, all these questions that fans end up asking. It's like, why this? Why that? Why is it revealed like this? You could ask these questions and you would get your answers. Mm. Um, no, I would, yeah. Everybody fancies the tenth Doctor. That's where this starts, isn't it? <laughs> um, that that yeah. grand old tradition in Doctor Who of everybody fancies the tenth Doctor. That starts in this episode. He's still got it. He's still got it. <laughs> there were certain things in the episode where I thought, if I was watching this for the first time, maybe I wouldn't be such a fan of the Doctor because he gets angry very quickly. Everybody loves him. He has sort of like God complex sort of issue oh, yeah, going doesn't, on. Doesn't the face of both describing as like the wandering God? I think the wandering lonely God or something like that, yeah. Which is interesting because to me, the whole the Doctor is a God idea is something that I, in my mind, always associated with the Stephen Moffat era because Moffat very much thinks this of idea that the Doctor is like a God-like figure. Yeah. But no, it's something that has kind of been around since even Tennant. Yeah. Uh, one thing that stood out to me in this episode with a similarity to Rose was that when we spoke about Rose all that long time ago, I mentioned Plastic Mickey and I said, how come nobody notices? 
And I sort of feel like you also have to apply that same logic to Rose talking with a posh accent. Yeah, I mean, I feel like obviously there's a point where David like asks what they did to Rose. So maybe there's a thing of like that whole time, like the doctor kind of has an inkling, but he can't quite put his finger on it. Yeah, it's like something's not just... right here. But... <laughs> yeah. I like. I'd like to talk about um, just um, Cassandra when taking over the bodies of both Rose and Ten, because for me that is the highlight of this episode. I mean, he only says it once in his run as Doctor Who, but the line "Oh, baby, I'm beating out a samba" is an iconic Tenth Doctor line. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know how to work for you because there's so much to say. Like. Both actors are clearly like again just having so much fun just playing Cassandra. Yeah. Ten sorry, ten. David plays a really camp male super well. Have you seen him in the Catherine Tate Christmas special where he plays like the ghost of Christmas future? And he comes oh, out Yeah, and he comes out to like the Ghostbusters theme tune and he's like this ultra goth with almost like Russell Brand esque stylistic choices and he's like talking about it's it's so funny uh you should definitely go check that out yeah but no i agree both actors are loving that there's one bit where like dave where david like goes up to rose and he's like saying like i've been in your head and you like (laughs) it if you look at at billy's face you can tell in the tape they used like she's doing her best to not laugh you can tell like she's like (laughs) Got like her tongue like pressed to her face, like she's trying so hard not to laugh in that tape. <laughs> no, I remember that bit. I remember looking at it because it's the way Ten goes, You like him. Oh, you like him. So I'm like, what is going on? Uh, the doctor's hair. We may as well talk about it. We're gonna have to talk about it at some point. It's different in this is episode, it, isn't it? It's not this episode. Pam? Is it different in this episode? Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's more a bit more flat, more puffy up the sides a little bit. It's not as um, spiky as you, we, do, we do get in series for three and four. Mm, yeah, I, I forget that you kind of just associate that one hairstyle with Tenth Doctor, but really, he's had a lot of styles, hasn't he? Like, yeah. obviously, lots of people say, talk about how in Day of a Doctor, his hair is completely different some reason. I think that's because he was doing a play at the time, though, wasn't he? Was he doing Richard the Something? But they, think, they could have just gelled it up, right? They could have just gelled it up. For they could have. I don't know why. Again, get, we'll get Stephen Moffat on and we'll ask him. Why did you do David Tennant's hair like that? <laughs> yeah. Why did you do it, Moffat? Why did you style his hair? Moffat was the stylist. <laughs> Moffat was the stylist. I'm saying it now. Um, yeah. Um, you know, one thing I can't help but roll my eyes at is that um, when it comes to like, the next... At the end of the Christmas Invasion, they had like the whole next time like series two trailer like yeah. clip show, and one of those clips is the clip from this episode where um, Rose gives the tenth Doctor a big old snog, yeah. and that is that is such a tease because within the context of this episode, it's Cassandra doing that, and it doesn't yes. actually lead to anything. But I mean, I can't imagine like. There must have been people who were peeved off. Well, in, conf- in Confidential, Russell said he said, whenever the 
companion kisses the doctor, no matter how many times it's happened, people always say that never happens in Doctor Who. You've ruined it, even though it's been happening for ages. Mm-hmm. So he it? so he yeah. said just to put it in is quite fun because people go, "Oh, you've ruined Doctor Who. It's outrageous." <laughs> Yeah, but like he was like, no, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't Rose doing it. It was it was Cassandra. So it's completely okay because it's okay for a tenth Doctor to go around the snogging people in, who he meets one time and never sees again. But for him to kiss a companion, mm, can't exactly. can't do that. Uh, we prefer part- our tenth Doctor to be a player. <laughs> That's fair. One thing I like about this episode is with the tenth Doctor is when he realizes he's saved everybody and he's in like the lift shower and he's telling everybody to pass it on where he's telling everyone to pass the cures on for all these diseases they've got and there's that real joy in it of this guy just really loves people and he likes saving people which sort of counteracts why he was so angry earlier on for what seems like for no reason when you compare that to chris who probably wouldn't have been as angry at that. He would have been like, you're, you're a fucking idiot. He wouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it's surprising that kind of this early on, the 10th Doctor gets his Everybody Lives Rose moment. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, I'm, I mean, having oh, said, sorry, I, feel like there's a lot, I think there's a lot more examples of the 10th Doctor being able to save everyone. Yeah. Than, than I, I guess kind of, the Temp Doctor, just the way Joe 10 is, lends itself to that more kind of heroic kind of story. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I'm all out of notes over here. Do you have anything else you'd like to say about the episode that we haven't touched on yet? Um, hmm. I'm trying to think. You cry right there? I think we've touched on everything, really, haven't we? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think so. Um, I don't know how I've been going, but yeah, short but sweet. Well, we're not quite so... finished yet, Harry, because it's time for the quiz. You, you, not me. I hate being patient. Patience is for wimps. <laughs> oh, boy, the quiz. Oh, no. That theme song is still banging, though. <laughs> do, do you like the theme song gigs? That thing, what with Matt Smith going, you, you, I don't need to be patient or whatever he says. Yeah, I mean, we've yeah. just heard it. We've just heard it right now. All oh, right, very good, very good, very good. I think just joke. for the edit, um, just uh, for the edit. <laughs> what? Okay, so we've got three questions as always. I expect you to get at least one of these right. Um, What year is this episode set in? Seems like such a basic question. He says it when he steps out of the TARDIS. Oh, but that's like... uh, Do you think I pay attention? Like, look, there's fine cars and apple grass. (laughs) Am I really going to pay attention to you? Oh, it's going to be something, something million or billion. Something billion, won't it? Is it like 20 billion or something? Um, No, it's 5 billion and 23. Oh, there was a 20 in there. What ward is the Doctor summoned to by the face of Bo? Is it 62? <gasps> 26. Oh! Not the wrong way round. <laughs> That's half a point, right? That's no, half no a point. No point there. 
Um, the doctor, um, when he confronts one of the cat people, they you know they tell him to go away and all that. What does the doctor suggest one of these cat people goes and does? Is it like a play with a ball of yarn or something? Yes, he's going to play with a ball of string. Is that not as when Cassandra is controlling him? Oh well, you got it. <laughs> do you not want the point? Yeah. No, I do want the point. No, 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 no. <laughs> you got one at last. Yes. One point. I watched the show. <laughs> um, well done, Harry. Also, I'm going to start um, building up my list for our part. We'll we'll do a ranking again where we do the first half of the series and then when the series is over we'll come back and we'll do the full series so uh, are we going to include the Christmas invasion in that? yeah I think we should yeah 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 so we'll do because we don't figure out where Christmas episodes or maybe down the line you'll do like in addition to this we'll do like a Christmas special ranking as well yeah that'd be cool yeah that'd be good so um do you want to recommend some stuff? We haven't done recommend- recommendations in a while. Before I go, I just want to tell you, you were fantastic. Yes. No, we haven't. The last time we did it was um, for The Parting of the Ways, but it was the version that we didn't actually record. Uh, did we not redo it afterwards? Yeah, so I- I'm going to reuse my recommendation from that. Go on. <laughs> Uh, my recommendation from that is um, the HBO series Succession. It won uh, the Emmy for Best Drama. It's really bloody good. It deserved to win the Emmy. Um... <laughs> written by um, Simon Byrne or Jesse Armstrong? Which one is it? It's written by Jesse Armstrong, who is best known in this country for being one of the writers on Peep Show. Yeah, It's great. It's... Um, I don't know how to describe I'm not very good at selling shows. And this show especially, like when you just say what it's about, it doesn't sound like the most thrilling thing. It's kind of a satire of kind of like the Murdoch dynasty, uh, kind mm-hmm. of Rupert Murdoch and all that. And it's about the head of this kind of massive media conglomerate in the States, played by Brian Cox. And it's about him deciding which of his three children would hand the company over, you know, who should be his successor, hence the name Succession. Oh. But it's got some it's got some great um it's got some great principal actors. It's really well written. It's funny. It's surprisingly funny. Um it's a really good show. Where can uh, people watch that if they want to catch that? I don't know. I watched it on Sky. Uh so I think it's on Sky Atlantic. I'm not sure it's probably on like Amazon Prime or something. I imagine if it's on Sky, it's it probably on Now TV here in the UK. That could be it. That could be it. Yeah. yeah. I imagine that because it's got the um, Emmy now, I hope that it's going to become more widely available. Mm. Um, I'm not saying it's like going to be the next big thing. I'm not going to say it's like going to be the next Game of Thrones. Um, but you know. Emmy winner, HBO, might, exactly. might as well be. It deserves to be. Yeah. I'm going to recommend um, something completely different. It's, it's a TV show. Um, Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun on Netflix. Um, Aunt, Auntie Donna are a comedy trio of um, improvised stand-up comedy writers over in Australia. Um, their YouTube stuff is hilarious. It's so so funny. They do the most. They do such great sketches with a really great budget as well. And um, 
they've been lucky enough to be found by Netflix and picked up for their own sketch comedy show. Um, each episode follows a loose narrative with the story, con- with the narrative, you know, being held together by representative sketches. Um, it's just really funny and silly and. Do it. If don't go into it thinking this is going to be a sitcom and I'm going to watch this and judge the characters because there are no characters, there's no series arc. It's just a big old house of fun. <laughs> it's really good. I there aren't even like it. recurring sketch characters. Uh, there are yes, but they're more like in. It's more like a satire on the fact that they're returning. Okay. That's yeah. interesting. So the closest thing it sounds like in my mind is something like the first series of League of Gentlemen, but I'm guessing it's not even like that consistent in its world building. Yeah, it's not that weird. It's weird in the but, sense that it's stupid, in the sense that you you ha in I always think League of Gentlemen's weird in the sense that it's quirky and a bit scary almost in the sense of the uh, way that a yeah. lot of the sketches are. This is very bright and very silly and fun and it has the sort of style of a kid's program, but the jokes are made for adults. The way you describe it gives me almost like Alice in Wonderland vibes. A little bit, so, yeah. A little bit, yeah. You definitely check that out. Cool. That sounds unlike anything I've seen ever before. That sounds like something I'd be genuinely interested in checking there's, out. There's six episodes for this first series. There's only the one series, so it's one of those things I'm slowly... I'm not binging it. I'm, what, I'm you know... Diluting it a lot, so don't ruin it for myself. Are there any chances of them getting another season? I think so. It's been pretty well received. Netflix tend to do three seasons, don't they, of a show before they cancel? Yeah, I've heard that. Apparently, Netflix don't like to do more than three seasons because most viewers tend to stop watching shows after the third season. Yeah, they they don't tend to pick up any new viewers either. Yeah, that's and that's something that's that's surprising to me. Because like, what if a show is like really good, you know? <laughs> yeah, cool. So I, I guess that, it should be like exceptional, like Stranger Things or something for them yeah. to decide to do season three. Exactly. So with that, we'll uh, bring this episode a bigger on the inside to a close. Um, thanks for listening, guys. You can follow us on Twitter and all that. Everything's in the description. Um, yeah, do everything. If you've heard something in this episode that you'd like, let us know on Twitter. Just send us a tweet or if you're watching this on youtube leave a comment leave a five-star review on itunes and all that do you want to say i'll say goodbye do you want to say bye harry yep bye-bye humans are better in one respect you are better at subscribing seek locate subscribe <laughs>